The following is a sponsored program paid for by First Alliance Credit Union. Welcome to Good Money Moves featuring Jenna Tobble from First Alliance Credit Union and Andy Brownell. Here's Andy Brownell on Rochester's News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It's time for Good Money Moves on this Saturday morning. News Talk 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell along with Jenna Tobble. With First Alliance Credit Union, morning, Jenna. Good morning, Andy. Just you again. It is just me again today, holding on the fort. Holding down the (laughs) fort. Well, you're doing well, that's for sure. Last week, uh, you were in, and we talked a lot about money myths, uh, misconceptions that lead to uh, non-good money moves oftentimes. What are we going to talk about this week? Yeah, so this week we're going to dig into a topic that we touched really briefly on last week. Um, And I thought it would be a good topic to kind of cover in more detail. And that's managing your finances as a couple. A hot topic. It can be so hot. (laughs) So this is a really important topic to cover and one that we haven't really talked much about, really. I mean, um, but money... It's, it's literally written into the vows you take when you get married, right? For richer or poorer. Yet that is money, correct. Yeah, yet money and stress really seem to go hand in hand, especially for couples, which is why money issues is consistently in the top reasons people end up filing for divorce. Um, and nowadays, uh, more couples are starting out marriages in debt, which just adds to that stretch, that stress level. From the get-go, it's uh, I think it, nearly two-thirds of all marriages you know, start out with significant debt. Yeah, I was going to say significant debt. I am yeah. old enough that we all had debt, but it seems to be relatively small, maybe a car loan or something like that. And with these student loans, the younger people coming out of college now, exactly. you know, it can be well into six figures. Exactly. And then credit, you add credit card debt on top of that. Any auto loans like you're talking about, sometimes people are entering into marriages with mortgages, things like that. Well, sometimes those can be considered good debt. It's still debt. It's still something you have to pay and budget for every month, which causes stress, right? So there's been lots and lots of surveys out there about, you know, couples and finances and managing all that. And so one interesting statistic um, that I came across that I wanted to share. So about 68% of the respondents of this survey actually held negative attitudes towards discussing money with their fiance before marriage so people aren't don't even want to talk about it with each other that's the big problem well if you came in there with tens of thousands of dollars in debt Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd want to bring it up either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a hard topic to talk about. Even when you're in a good financial situation, sometimes it can be really hard to talk about. Um, but, t- I mean, typically, the larger a couple's debt, the more likely they are to say that money is one of the top issues they fight about. Um, however, 94% of those of the survey who rated that their marriages that they considered their marriages to be great actually discuss their money dreams together regularly it doesn't say anything about what their financial situation is it just says that they actually talk about money regularly and in that it improves their marriage so again i'm gonna you know (laughs) put the caveat out there that i am not a, a marriage counselor in any way shape or form but i do know that communication is key um in with whatever you talk about. She's telling um, you to read between the lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, luckily, there are ways to have productive and really positive conversations about money with your partner, which is what we're going to get into okay. today. And once again, that caveat. This is just yeah. general advice. 
Yes. <laughs> how does a well? How does a couple get started? That's probably the that's probably the hardest thing yeah. because once you get into a routine of doing it, that fear of bringing it up goes away relatively quickly. But mm-hmm. that first step of getting started, maybe I imagine you might have some tricks. Yeah, yeah, I've got a couple of tips you can try at least. Um, for starters, um, I do want to point out it's really important to address the fact that there, there just plain is a lot of people out there where talking about money, it does not come naturally to them. It's never been something they've talked about with family, with friends, anybody, and it can be really, really anxiety-inducing. And when you have anxiety about something, you kind of say and maybe do things that you normally wouldn't in a situation. And so you have to kind of tread lightly sometimes, especially if you're not normally talking about these things. Um, Yeah, because it's easy to get into that almost, it's almost a blame game. Yeah, or you don't, even maybe like you a don't, fight or flight response. Yeah, you don't um, intend it to go that way, but it just mm-hmm. happens to go that way because of a response or non-response. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. And so if, if you, regardless of how long you've been with your partner, if you're married, not married, engaged, whatever it is, if, if you're wanting to start having these conversations more regularly, one of the things that you can try is to kind of suss out maybe what your partner's views are on in different scenarios using kind of like what if questions so um, i I thought you were going to say play the game of monopoly oh goodness nobody likes that game (laughs) find out right away who's the robber baron and who's the saver (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sure you know what give it a try see what happens why not (laughs) all right we'll Um, try your ideas first yeah, so to kind of help gauge attitudes towards money and financial priorities even, you can do ask things like, what if you won $5,000? What would you do with that money? These kind of hypothetical scenarios. Or if you had to choose between working 90 hours a week for the rest of your career, but you had a ton of money for it versus working 20 hours a week and kind of scrimping by, which would you choose and why? You know, so questions like that where you don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be, realistic to your everyday life but it does help you kind of start talking about some of those things in more um hypothetical scenarios for you both to kind of suss out where you're starting from and what your attitudes are about finances in general um as you pointed out that neither there's no right answer right there's no right or wrong answer there are Um, folks who would love to work and just pile up the cash and those who would say no i'd rather go to margaritaville yeah yeah absolutely and you know what if you can find a way to make it work great <laughs> um but you know and as you kind of progress through some of these conversations you can start with some smaller questions like do you know what your credit score is how often are you checking your bank accounts you know you don't have to jump straight into all right these are the retirement plans we need to have this is how much money we need to be putting away to have kids like you do not have to start with the hard tough stuff like start small if you're not used to having these conversations that's going to be really important um you could even ask simple questions like what's something you're saving up for or what debts are you trying to pay off first and you know it can be really helpful if you're willing to share those answers and questions up to those same questions up front so it kind of creates that more open line of communication um from the get-go with each other so it's not like you're just trying to you know 20 questions your partner it's you know i want to have a dialogue with you um, but it's also really important to keep it to one topic at a time. You know, um, this, this is going to be an ongoing conversation that you need to have between you and your partner for the rest of your relationship. It's not something that's just going to happen once or twice and you're never going to talk about it sure. again. 
it's an ongoing conversation. I think those are great openers. Yeah. You can kind of gauge a person's, well, hopefully you know something about their personality, but some of the some of those deep held values that they have. A lot of this comes from the way you were brought up, you know, how mm-hmm. how your parents handled their money or didn't handle mm-hmm. their money. And, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, people's attitudes towards money are influenced by so many things from when they're a child. You're, you know, it, you're not going to change their viewpoint on it. No, but you, but you have to understand where they're coming right. from to have good dialogue. It's not an either or. It's perhaps you're different than I am. Therefore, we have to find a way to, you know, combine these two different views to make it all work together. Yeah. Yep. Without tearing yep. each other's heads off in the process. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, yeah. Communication, communication. I mean, that's funny. That's always the, the running theme all the time when we talk about financial literacy, isn't it? It is. You always have to talk about it. You cannot bury your head in the sand when it comes to your money. All right. It runs the world. <laughs> so we're talking about communicating with your partner about your finances and how that is one of the most important good money moves you can make. And we'll continue with that with Jenna Tobel with First Alliance Credit Union after this quick break on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Good Money Moves. I'm Andy Brownell along with Jenna Tobel, First Alliance Credit Union. And this week on the program, we've been talking about how you can uh, talk with your significant other about money and uh, get yourself on a track for making good decisions together about your finances. Mm-hmm. And we talked about some of the, you know, I guess what tips or tricks that you could use to maybe start the conversation. How often, you know, should we be talking about these financial topics, Jenna? Sure. So the really the short answer is you should have at least monthly check-ins with each other, but it really depends on a couple of different factors. Um, so if you're just getting started kind of managing your finances together, You might want to have budgeting meetings every time one of you gets paid for the first couple of months um, to a year to really help you sort out what bills need to be paid, what expenses do you have coming up together, so you can really get a really good feel on what your finances look like together, especially if you've been so used to managing them separately for so long. Um, Then kind of as you start feeling more confident with your joint, you know, financial situation and your decision making skills together, you can kind of dial that those budgeting meetings. I'll call them budgeting meetings back more (laughs) of a monthly basis or, you know, bi-monthly basis as you feel comfortable. Just again, it depends on what your financial situation is and what some of your financial goals are. Sometimes you just need to have more frequent check ins. Sometimes if you're talking about topics like saving for retirement, you know, discussing those priorities um, a few times a year is probably enough just to make sure you're contributing as much as you can or as much as you want to be you know that's yeah. not something you necessarily need to be talking about constantly especially if you're you know 30 40 years away from retirement as you get closer to that you may need to start talking about it more often yeah because um, you are going to be talking about it. you're going oh my goodness only a year and a half 
until I can retire. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it really depends on where months. you're at <laughs> in your life, um, how frequently you need to be talking about different things. Um, but when it comes to talking about plans for paying off debt, um, you you may want to, I don't know, you may need to talk a, you know, a few times a month up front about how you're going to tackle it. And as you're trying different strategies for paying down those debts um, and whose income pays for what debts, things like that. Sure. Um, but once you've kind of set that plan into motion and something seems to be working for you, you know, going just monthly check-ins, I think is appropriate. Um, and then just adjust your plans. Anytime your income changes or a, or a debt is paid off, you just want to make sure that you're, you're keeping tabs on all that and that you guys are working together and you both are feel confident with the plan and that it's working well for you. This goes back to that earlier talk we had on a previous podcast about establishing a budget because it's that a lot more frequent work needed at the very beginning of it and then it becomes more of an automated process as you move forward because things kind of fall into place and this matches up perfectly with that. You're spot on. So and I would just add you know anytime something happens um, that will affect your finances in any way you and your spouse should really be discussing how to handle that together whether that's you know you need to take on some new debt such as a car loan or something more positive like you're getting a tax refund how are you going to use those those funds to benefit your family um each person in the relationship should really have equal input into that specific financial matter um these are your finances together remember (laughs) I think that's a reminder a lot of people need sometimes. Um, But really, the reality is the more you talk openly and honestly about your finances, the better off you're going to be. Of course, if discussing finances too often is causing fights or distress for one one partner or the other, you know, dial back your your discussions a little more. Um, If you're going too long between discussions, you know, sometimes that can lead to distrust more arguments as well um so maybe you need to talk more often so that the other person can feel like they know what's going on and feel comfortable um but really the key is whatever works for you and your partner to feel confident that you're managing your finances together um is good at the end of the day you don't want your finances to kind of be the ugly elephant in your relationship um but it can get that way pretty quickly if you don't address it Exactly, exactly. So you do have to be talking about it, even if it can be uncomfortable for one partner or both of you. Um, Eventually, the more you talk about it, you will work out a good balance for what works for your relationship, but you both have to be open and honest with each other about it. You know, and don't just assume talking about it once is good enough. I said this earlier. Um, You need to be keeping in check with each other and make sure that you're respectfully kind of holding each other accountable to what your uh, agreements were with your budget. You mean we can't just once and done, in other words. <laughs> I'm Correct. kidding, but uh, one of the things I've learned over the years, too, about this, especially especially the money side of it is um, if you have those earlier discussions that you were talking about where you can kind of figure out the other person's values and where they're coming from, you can frame the discussion in such a way that it doesn't create that argument. Because mm-hmm. you never meant it as an argument. It was meant as a way to figure out a plan here. But you can very easily use words or phrases that make it seem accusatory if you're not careful yes you have to use your i statements i still (laughs) i feel i like (laughs) it's true though but yeah it is i I always like that one there the i statements make me go whatever 
but uh, no, all great points. But so this is the one I. What happens when you do have the totally different values? One person is the saver, the other is the spender. Is there are there ways that you can deal with that in conversations? Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, that's a great point. So really the key is you both have to go into the conversation with realistic expectations for your budget and don't, uh, don't ever think you're going to change the other person's attitude towards saving or spending. It's not going to happen. We talked about this a little earlier. Those attitudes are set basically from childhood. You're, they're never going to change. They might shift a little bit and they might be willing to compromise, but their true attitudes about managing finances is going to pretty much be... It's who they are. So that being said, neither the spender or the saver in the relationship gets to call all the shots. You have to both be open to listening to each other's wants and needs for how to manage your money together. It has to be, um, you have to be working together. You have to, you know, work towards creating a budget that you can both live with, you know, figure out what each person is comfortable spending and saving each month and then kind of reconcile those amounts to, you know, might have to do a little give and take back and forth until you both kind of get to these numbers you're feeling good with. Compromise. Compromise. You know, the more conservative person should feel comfortable with the amount that the spender is spending and the spender shouldn't be made to feel overly constrained because you're saving so much money. Right. I mean, there has oh, to yeah. be this balance. I know me. I, I put out these plans that we could save this, this, and this, and we could be, and I know that it's not going to work because yeah. there's somebody else involved in this equation who knows that that would be way too constraining, my plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but there's ways that you can kind of set up your finances to make this work really well for the both of you. Um, but my next point when it comes to kind of balancing uh, a saver versus a spender in a relationship is, you know, creating that spending threshold. Set a spending limit that each person can spend without having to consult the other person, right? So maybe that's $100 a month you each get to have as your fund money. If the saver chooses to save their $100, great, that's their choice. If the spender chooses to spend it all on, you know... I don't know, a new video game, what, you know, whatever it may sure. be, you know, great that you came together, you agreed that a hundred dollars a month you each get to have do with whatever you want, you know, but take time to think about what you can afford and both people are comfortable with. Don't say you both get a hundred dollars if you don't have a hundred, $200 between the two of you to spend, you know, you have to be realistic about right. it. So those are just conversations you have to have. And once you set up a budget, that'll be really clear what those thresholds can be. Yep. And also um, part of this is you can't put things that are everyday living things into the fund budget. You have to correct. be fair about that as well. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, but if you're really struggling to determine what a realistic budget is, maybe you've never budgeted before or you just have a lot of anxiety about just looking at your money in the first place. I know some people don't even want to look at their bank account causes them so much anxiety. Um, don't be afraid to like reach out to a neutral third party to help you put a budget together. Um, our advisors at First Alliance sit down with couples all the time and help them put budgets together and kind of walk away with some realistic attitudes towards what they can and can't manage. And then, um, you know, we if, if you just don't know where to get started, we have our free budgeting calculator that you can download off of our website. Our members can use the My Money tool in our online banking, which kind of automatically creates this budget for you and shows you what your spending habits are. And those are some good conversation starter pieces All right. for you if you're not sure where to go. 
All right. I'm with Jenna Tobel, First Alliance Credit Union. I'm Andy Brownell, and we're going to continue with Good Money Moves right after this break on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good Money Moves continues in moments with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union. This is News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're talking good money moves with Andy Brownell and Jenna Tobel from First Alliance Credit Union on Rochester's News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. We're back to good money moves on News Talk, 1340 KROC AM and 96.9 FM. I'm Andy Brownell. Jenna Tobel's here with First Alliance Credit Union. We're talking about working together with your significant other, your wife, your husband, your partner, whatever it may be, to make good money moves. And uh, I know this is kind of a hot issue when it comes to handling finances. Do couples have to have a joint account to be successful in managing their finances? No, actually. And I'm explain why. So it it is very common for couples to have a joint checking account. It's um, a lot of people just assume that's what you're supposed to do after you get married um, or that you start life together. Um, But it's not something you have to do. Each couple is going to figure out what works best for them in their situations. But there are, you know, some pros and cons to keeping separate accounts or having a joint account. So I'll just kind of run through those quick. And as you're, you can kind of take those and apply them to your relationship, however you see fit, right? So the benefits of a joint checking account when you're a couple, right? It promotes trust and transparency. You can kind of spend... um, see each other spending very easily um there kind of helps to create this level of openness that can be really reassuring for some people having a a joint checking account um, can also offer a clear financial picture right it's easier to budget when everything's in one one spot versus many accounts all over the place that you're trying to reconcile every month um And it can also make it easy to plan and pay for expenses that you owe together right so ensuring And it also helps to ensure that both spouses have access to that money should an emergency situation arise and you need to access that, your, your money that you have together. Yeah. You make a pretty good case for joint. Yeah. Um, But there are benefits to having separate accounts uh, for couples as well. Right. So for a lot of people, it's really important that they maintain their autonomy, especially this this is um, something you hear a lot from couples who maybe get married later in life and have really spent a lot of time building up assets and things like that ahead before they got married. Um, so having separate checking accounts really allows each spouse to maintain um, an individual kind of degree of freedom over their finances. And you don't necessarily have to feel like you have to justify every transaction the same way that you would with a joint checking account, right? As long as you're not spending wildly or... Um, causing any serious financial trouble. You just spend what you need to spend and you go on about your life. So that works really, really well for some couples. Um, The other key is having separate accounts. Um, The money can't be touched by the other person. And sometimes if you have a spouse who who is a a spender and maybe has trouble with overspending, you need those separate accounts to to protect yourself um, and your family finances. Um, So you don't really have to worry about them accidentally overspending money that was earmarked for paying bills or for other purchases that you had planned. Um, and in the worst case scenario, if if your partner were to have significant debts, um, 
your income wouldn't be on the hook for paying that back if you had separate accounts versus a joint where wage garnishment could come in and take money out of your paycheck to cover your partner's debt, right? So there's, yeah. so again, so it's, it really depends on your particular um, financial situation and what works best for the attitudes you have towards money as a couple. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And you can make it work either way. You can. Um, and having separate bank accounts doesn't take away responsibility of good communication with either spouse, right? You still need to work together on how you're going to pay bills, who gets paid when, who's responsible for what um, payments you have, um, and still have you know frequent discussions to really reconcile those accounts and your finances together. You know, another option that we see a lot too is having a joint account for household bills and expenses and then separate checking accounts for personal spending and personal goals, right? So you end up with like three checking accounts essentially. One for the husband, one for the wife, one that you have together. Hmm. And that can work really well for people. You split your you split your paycheck kind of three ways. Now, you might also still want to, you know, choose to have separate savings accounts or separate or joint savings accounts. You know, there's just there's no right or wrong way to set up your finances as long as you're communicating with your spouse about it and it's what's working for you. Sure. You know, um, again, as meet as long as you're meeting your goals and paying your bills and able to have a little fun with your money and you're happy doing it together, you're doing the right thing. It goes back to what we talked about at the beginning of the program. If you have that line, those, if you're communicating and you have a plan, how you institute or implement that plan, there are a billion different ways to do that mm-hmm. strategically, as long as you have the same goals in mind. Exactly. Okay. So that's a lot of information we packed in there. Yeah. And if somebody wanted more information or to review some of the things we talked about, um, I bet you uh, uh, folks at First Alliance Credit Union can help out. Absolutely. Just visit our website, firstalliancecu.com. Check out our blog. Um, listen to some of the past episodes we've had on the podcast about budgeting to help you get started. I mentioned our free budgeting calculator earlier. That can really help you get started making a household budget if you've never done one before. Um, but of course, you know, if you want some kind of some more personalized guidance on, on how to manage your finances or how to merge your finances, reach out to our advisors. Um, they can answer all your questions. They can help you make sure that you've got all the tools at your disposal that you need to manage your money effectively as a couple. Fantastic. Jenna Tobble is here, First Alliance Credit Union, and we'll, we'll, we'll speak with you again next week. You bet. All right. It's been Good Money Moves on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM.